This is the I Love Success Podcast. I'm Peter Jurukowski, and I have made a vow to myself to help as many people as possible to achieve their dreams. Let's get started. Hey guys, and welcome back to the I Love Success Podcast. I'm really, really excited and grateful to have you here with me again. If this is the first time you found us, Thank you so much for being here with the I Love Success podcast. I am a real estate agent. I am a former world medalist. And most of all, I'm a martial artist and a human being. I strive to become better. I strive to help others. And I want to help at least 10 million people in 10 years to achieve their dreams. Now, that being said, right now, you are the most important person to me. It all comes one by one, and we do travel together. So if you do enjoy this show, please share it with somebody that needs to hear this message. And also, if there's a specific guest you want to bring on, please let me know. If you have any questions about goals and dreams, reach out to me. You can find me on social at Peter Jumrukovsky or we're on YouTube or wherever you, you listen to your podcast. We're here to help. This week, I have a very, very special guest. Uh, she's a coach. She's a speaker. She's been in the military for 20 plus years, and she just brings the energy. We just met virtually, but just... You know, when you meet people with an incredible smile, and you'll see it right now if you're watching the video, you just you just get that energy, you just get that happiness. So without further ado, let's welcome Crystal Laura Cruz to the I Love Success podcast. Thank you, Peter. So great to be here. It's an honor. It's an honor to have you here. It's an honor to share your journey. So uh, Real quick, Crystal Laura, when you were a kid, what were you dreaming about? How was your like kind of childhood in that sense? Like what was what what was what excited you? Uh, dancing and performing, actually. I was I had a lot of energy as a kid. I still have a lot of energy, and I'm not five foot yet, so I'm still waiting to grow up. And uh, you know, I've been in the military over twenty one years, and I've just had a lot of energy and a passion for art and performing and dancing and being an athlete. So those are the things, you know, I would just wear a tutu and dance around and put on shows. And, uh, you know, that was, that was important to me as a child and just living life, having fun and making other people smile and laugh. That, that was, that's what I remember from my childhood. That's awesome. And how, uh, how was your, like, uh, life leading up as a teenager what made you interested in joining the military and like how did you get into that yeah so I, right after well 9-11 was my first week of college my undergrad so I had literally paid my whole life savings for my freshman year of college and right then and there the very first week was when the towers fell and um, a friend of mine and I decided to join together uh, because our parents weren't paying for college. So we had heard from a friend who had joined um, and we just went together and we were like, okay, we can serve our country. They'll pay for college. We get to get out and travel and serve something bigger than ourselves. And so and initially, I wasn't planning on staying in for this long. I thought I was just going to, you know, serve my initial six, eight years, 
you know, get my college paid for. And that was it. And then go back and climb the corporate ladder. Yeah. And life, life as I knew it had definitely shifted for me in many ways. And here I am living the dream uh, over 21 years later. Wow. So let's talk about, you know, having a plan and that change in life. Like what, why do you think that happens to us as human beings? We're, we, we're, sometimes we're so set on how our life supposed to be. And then we meet something that we're, you know, drawn to, attracted to, and we, we're, we're kind of forced to make a change. Yeah. Oh gosh. That, those intuitive nudges, the, the thoughts, the dreams, that, that gut feeling, um, we can't shove that down. And that's what I'd love to help people with is just have those dreams come alive. And that's what you do too, I think is so amazing by, you know, even just having this platform too, just being able to say, you know what, I want something bigger for my life and following those intuitive nudges, not having it all figured out, but just really rolling up your sleeves and saying, you know what, I think I'm going to do this. And that's what we did. We were able to do it together. We had, we had no idea what we were going to be faced with, but that was a courageous move that we followed through on what we said we were going to do. And we were open for opportunity. We really didn't know what the results were going to be, especially in a, in a crisis. Right. And so walking into, uh, you know, the unknown, I always say, you know, let's get more comfortable getting uncomfortable. And I've just gotten stronger and more courageous by making these moves, by following my intuitive nudges and pivoting when necessary. And I feel like that has been a game changer for me uh, as a leader as a coach, as a mentor, as a business owner, as a wife, being able to pivot and follow intuitive nudges and know that you might not have it all figured out and plan A, plan B, plan C. I used to be so regimented and that all changed when life kind of happened. And so you just kind of have to pick up and keep going. Let's talk about that because, um, I was an athlete and I'm a martial artist and discipline and keeping your word is one of, you know, it's, it's one of the most important codes of my life, but I also realized that it's okay to change. And I'm struggling with that because sometimes when I set my mind on something, even though I know I need to change and I can feel those intuitive nudges, I am I'm too, I'm too stubborn to change. I'm getting better as I'm aging and getting more experience, but let's talk about that. And let's, especially, you know, towards those people that have a set mind. I heard this story the other day from a, from a friend of mine. He started working at a new, at a new office and the kind of a big inspiration and mentor is a leader there. And, and she asked him, uh, I have, I have some extra food. Do you want to come and eat? And he he said no, because intuitively he was so disciplined. He wanted to just sit and work through the day. But what she really did, she invited him into a conversation and a person with that knowledge, you don't say no to that. And when we, when we spoke about it, he's like, I did a mistake. And she asked him like, why do you say no? You don't even know what, what type of food I'm having. So, and that also gave me like, why are we, and I do the same thing sometimes because I'm so caught up with, I, with what I think I should do. And I say no to things that might open other doors. Mm. Yes. Thank you for that story. I think it's so powerful. I think that 
especially I was I was in martial arts as well. Uh, so as a fourth and fifth grader, I took karate. Oh, I was nice. almost a black belt. Um, fast forward, I had to use a mean uppercut on an ex-boyfriend <laughs> and that empowered me to get certified to teach kickboxing for women all over the world. So wow. that awesome. uh, is a discipline of mine as well. Uh, so I applaud you for all of your efforts and uh, your accolades. It's just, I think when we develop that discipline, especially early on in our formative years and, and then for me, for, in my story, I joined the military, which I grew up in a household that was pretty strict. Uh, I was the firstborn and I grew up on a small island and I had rules. I had curfews. I didn't want to follow them. And, but that discipline and that those rules were set for me for a reason, for my protection. And I'm grateful for them to this day. And I thought I was breaking away from some of those rules. And I joined the military, which gave me more discipline and more regimented uh, schedule and structure, which in a sense, didn't leave for a whole lot of gray area. It didn't leave for a whole lot of those intuitive nudges for me to move because I was really, I had a path and it had to be everything in its place. And I have a very structured brain. I have a very, uh, you know, high level strategic brain, but it's very structured. So I have this like challenge uh creative self and then i have a structure so those are my two yeah. top personality types which tend to clash sometimes however i became so structured that i closed myself off to opportunities mm. and i found myself going after i you know my medals are back here i'm a marathon runner so i just went after that next challenge and that next thing and that next thing and i never really stopped to celebrate or connect. And I found myself really alone, um, just really kind of going after things in that next achievement. And, um, and, and it's, it's just interesting how sometimes when we are so dialed in and so focused, we sometimes miss out on some, some of the other opportunities and things that we really do need. And we don't have to have every single part of our life planned out because if we're tied to a timeline and we know what, you know, tomorrow is going to look like, if I open my planner and I look at tomorrow and I already know exactly how life is going to be like, that's kind of boring. Yeah. So I've released a lot of that to open myself up for opportunity. And it brought me here to a conversation with you. So um, I think it's glorious. How did you release that? Because you, you hit right uh in my gut or my heart, I don't know which one or a combination when you said that, because I feel like that's, um, you know, that's part of my life and part of a lot of high performers that I see on the show. And my, my goal is I didn't, I didn't, I didn't go deep on this, but I want to redefine success. And if you look at a lot of high performers, just like yourself, uh, a lot of us, unfortunately we go we go too hard that we miss on we miss the beauty uh, sometimes and uh, it it's it's kind of interesting it made me thinking about uh, there's there's a guy in Sweden he's in a wheelchair but he's just an incredible incredible uh, guy he used, used to have cancer as a kid and now he's you know, collecting all this, uh, he, he do all these fundraisers by doing adventures. So one of the adventures were to climb the highest mountain in Sweden. 
in a wheelchair, which is crazy. I think it's like 3,000 meters, or I, I don't remember. The mountain is Kevin Akaisa, it's called. And he had his a coach with him to, you know, carry him some parts and climb. And one at one point, you know, his coach said, let's, let's just stay, let's, let's take a breather and, 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 uh, and relax really. He's like, no, no, we got to get to the top. And his coach told him, but you know, what are you going to do there five minutes early? Why don't you enjoy the view? You're never going to be here again, maybe. And I mean, it started, got me thinking to this and like, I'm trying to live life that way, but I'm, I'm struggling with that. And I know a lot of people listening to this, they're struggling with, you know, how can I be a, I don't want to say the word killer, but how can I be a high performer, but also, you know, smell the roses, so to speak? Oh, I love this question because I literally, there were years that I went through and I just kept going and going and going. And stopping to smell the roses has been a game changer. And the way that I do it is I reflect each and every night. So just like your big goal, my goal is to help empower every person on the planet, put themselves and their health first for 34 minutes a day. So that 34 minute mindset, we take two minutes of goal setting intentions and mapping out our day, 30 minutes of movement, and then two minutes of reflection each and every night. And this is the system that I put into my um, my planner, my Crystal Clear Life Planner. Yeah. And so every single night I reflect, I say, what did I fire myself today? What got in the way? How were my emotions? How were my intentions? What can I do differently tomorrow? And then most importantly, what did I accomplish today? Yeah. And so what were my wins? Big, small, everything in between. Because a lot of times what I have found is that when we go after our dreams and goals, we, we're especially high performers, we have big goals, right? It's a big mission. And a lot of times, if we are not quite there yet, uh, then we start to focus on what we're, what's missing in our life. And we stop recognizing the things that we are doing, the needle making moves each and every day to embrace the day, close it out and feel each moment along the way. And so I'm writing the pages of my book and I'm not there yet. Uh, and I'm, I'm never going to achieve that top of that mountain, you know, that, that your, your friend had spoke that you spoke about. However, I have been on the top of a mountain and I, and I take in these moments now because I really do sink in each day of, yeah. Hey, this is what I did accomplish. It's getting me just that much closer to my goal. And I think that is most powerful to have a daily practice, to sink in the day, to recognize how far you have come, yeah. especially as a marathon runner. You know, I've had to implement this into my running. I don't, when I'm at mile six, I'm not like, oh my gosh, I still have so much more left to go. I'm like, I ran six miles and I look back and I, and I say, wow, I came that far when almost 20 years ago, I was in a wheelchair and I couldn't even walk and I had to crawl. And so I'm like, I have gotten this far and that keeps me going. Yeah, no. And I want to talk, talk a little bit more about what happened when you uh, got in a wheelchair and how you came back. But just, I, it made me think about a book called The Gap and the Gain. I don't know if you've uh, read it, but it's, 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 I think it's a mindset that sometimes we forget that we are 
let's say we have a goal of run a marathon, just like you said, we, we don't, if we don't reach the whole way, if we have a yearly goal, we, we beat ourselves off instead of looking at, you know, maybe we came, we started at zero and we're at mile 24 now. That that's pretty good. And again, it goes back to, you know, why are we so freaking hard on ourselves uh, as high performers? And if you're listening to this, I'm sure you've been beating yourself up sometimes instead of showing yourself grace and say, hey, come on, let's do it again. Just like a kid, they try to walk, they fall down. You don't, they're not hard on themselves. They cry and they get back up and that that's it. And then we we believe that I say we because I can say I sometimes believe and this is something that I'm really really working hard on that you don't have to be that disciplined all the time you don't have to do go hard all the time you have to do it certain times but finding the finesse I think finesse is one of the words to know when to do what it's the hard part so before we go into your story what happened to you can you just share a little bit like how do you know when to do what Hmm. So I love the, the word finesse, but I call it a dance. Obviously yeah. I'm a dancer and a performer. Yeah. So I call it a dance. And a lot of this is just being really intuitive with the nutrients that we're putting in our body, our sleep, our non-negotiables, our habits, and recognizing when we're feeling off. And when we have these emotions that are coming up and as an emotional intelligence coach, like I study the brain and I study psychology and everyone on the planet has that inner critic. Yes. So it's not just high performers. And in fact, what I found coaching high performers, they don't even call themselves high performers sometimes because that inner critic is so loud. Yeah. Right. And so that can, that can really impact our emotions and the way that we show up in the world. And so, you know, there's a lot to unpack here. However, I, I would just want to offer the audience is figure out your non-negotiables first, yeah. um, your sleep, your nutrition, your hydration, your movement. Those are my four non-negotiables. And that way, um, if something comes up and I'm feeling very emotional or I'm fatigued, um, I'm, I'm keeping track of my emotions each day and how I showed up in the day so that I can reflect each night. But I always collect data. And as an athlete, whether you're an athlete or not, if you're trying to, if you have a message, if you're trying to build a business, if you're trying to be a speaker or an author or an entrepreneur, or maybe you're a mom or any role that you play, you're a leader and a role model, and you have to put yourself first. And so we have to be almost like a mad scientist with our body to recognize, okay, how am I feeling right now? Am I hungry? Am I hangry? Am I tired? No. Do I need sleep? Am I hydrated? What have I eaten the last three days that's impacting me today? Have I traveled? My bags are always packed. I'm constantly on the road. Yes. So we can be, we can fall into some poor eating habits really quickly, especially when we're traveling mm -hmm. and we're dehydrated. So I think we need to ask ourselves these questions first before to collect some data to see what's really happening in our environment internally and externally. And then I work with a lot of women as well that are going through hormonal changes and then they have their, their cycle. And there's so many other variables that we have to worry about. 
And, you know, emotional fatigue, compassion fatigue, um, you know, depression, there's so many variables. And if we can collect that data first, then we can have a fine dance and that finesse that we need to be able to give ourselves some love and grace and space to perhaps just pause. Yeah. And I'll tell you right before this, I took a nap and then I ate lunch and then I woke up, I had a dance party and I prepared myself for this conversation. Yeah. I know so much what I need to be at a hundred percent so that I can pour into everyone else. So I think everyone needs to have that set of standards that we can say, you know what, is this happening? Is this happening? What else is going on? Before the inner critic pops in, like I don't let the negative Nancy come in. Her name is Lori, um, because these are the uh, pretty much other people's opinions from our past that are saying, no, you're not good enough. No, you're you shouldn't have even started that. You're you know you're you're too dumb. You're an idiot. That sabotage creeps in. So I think we need to have a set of standards and a set of questions to get curious prior to beating ourselves up. And that's a, that's a difficult skill to build, but it, it's possible. And um, that, that fine dance of self-love and self-care and knowing when to pivot, knowing when to pause, knowing when to just take a day off and it's okay. And the world isn't going to shut down without you on social media. <laughs> I think that's, that's a powerful uh, dance to be able to accomplish. Yeah, Crystal Laura, I think it's a, uh, by the way, I just love saying your name because it's beautiful. <laughs> and, Thank you. But I think it's, life is a beautiful experience. And if you're listening to this, like just, you know, sometimes just take a deep breath and you're relaxed. It's, it's okay. You know, nothing is that serious. Like, it will pass, you know, we'll, we'll get to it, have some fun, be playful. You know, I know as a fighter and as a martial artist, it, the best, my best performances was when I was happy, but focused. I knew the difference between balance and, and, and forcing something. And that, that comes through being able to, you know, letting go of the outcome, because I think most of our, you know, pain point is because we're, we have already decided where something should be or should happen. And then we're striving to get to that level. And instead of being like, heck yes, we're like, whew. And that's not a life to live. And I, I'm a victim of that myself. And we, if we, if we look at a lot of high, high performers in like studying medicine, engineering, I know my wife studied, uh, became a doctor. Like it's so much pressure. I've read research about that. It's always like that, whew. I passed the test. Mm -hmm. Why couldn't it be like, heck yes? Uh, because we fear failure again, right? So like before we were, were we have so uh, fun. So I, I want to get into your story, but I just want to talk about the fear of failure. How, how do you, how, how have you dealt with that in your life? And what can you help, you know, our, our audience on, on that topic? Because I think that's a, it's a big one. Yes. I think as a recovering, I call myself a recovering perfectionist. Yeah. Like I said, that discipline made me so wound up that I was in analysis paralysis yeah. for so long where I didn't even start anything because I wanted to be so perfect. And it had to, it had to be perfect, especially starting a business. Um, 
And I started an online business in 2017 before Zoom, you know, and that was a challenge. And so I was afraid to show up in what I call now the beautiful, messy middle. And, um, you know, I wanted to be so perfect. I'm a former NFL cheerleader. So we had to leave the house fully made up, hair, makeup. We weren't allowed to wear pajama pants, no yoga pants. We had to be fully made up to be a, you know, a local celebrity in the town, right? And so yeah. I couldn't even go to Subway without being fully made up. We were brought up to be, to look a certain way and be, and be present and be on 100% of the time. So this discipline added to the other discipline that I had, which turned me into a perfectionist. And so going on, you know, into the community and helping and serving others, I I didn't always show the messy middle, the true journey that I was going through. And I just kept going and going and going. And no one knew what I had been through at a young, at a young age. They just saw the medals. They saw the highlight reel. They saw the perfect six pack abs and me crossing the finish line again. And it wasn't until people started asking me, why do I run? Why do you do so much? Why don't you slow down? And it triggered me so much that I I realized that I was such a perfectionist and wanted to be on 100% of the time that I forgot to show the journey that I had been through. And so now... When really what I show up, I'm, I always I just say, there's no fancy studio. It's just me, a tripod. My first live that I ever did was sideways. It was messy and I did it anyways. And so now I just, I, I, well, meeting my husband, <laughs> I'll share that story, but meeting my husband, uh, you know, made me realize too, that I'm not in control of anything. Um, having health scares, I'm not in control of anything. God's got it. And I'm just here to pivot and move and do the best I can with what I've got. And if that's just rolling up my sleeves and turning on the video and doing it live without any makeup or with something in my teeth and not being perfect, guess what? I found out that people love me just like that, just as I am, wherever I'm at in my journey. And and that has given me so much freedom and the ability to release the control of having it totally perfect and going after it anyways. Thank you for sharing that. So let's, let's go into like, how did you end up in a wheelchair and how did you recover from that? And uh, let's talk about your life. Let's go, let's peel, let's peel some of the layers of that onion. Yeah. So like I mentioned, it was actually in 2005, I was an NFL cheerleader for the Buffalo Bills. And I did a runway show for Spirit Halloween and I was a witch and it was like the last costume left in the store. I was like the last one to go pick up my costume and they're like, yep, we need a witch on stage. So you're going to be the witch. And I do not dress in black. In fact, I I help women not wear black all the time and have them wear their powerful colors uh, like green is mine. So anyways, I wore these black stiletto (laughs) shoes. And I did this runway show and I had a crystal ball and it just, the event went great. But then I woke up the next morning and my right baby toe was about this big. Uh, For those of you who can't see, it was much bigger than my big toe. Um, And that baby toe is supposed to look like a baby toe, not your big toe. And so it was bright red and I, in Buffalo in November, it snows, it's really cold. And I couldn't even put my foot in a shoe 
So I had to wear flip-flops and it was very painful. And so basically the doctors were like, yeah, don't wear those shoes anymore. You're working out too much. You need to slow down and, you know, go suck it up. You must have an ingrown toenail and ingrown nail, like whatever. Within weeks, my right knee started hurting. My left knee started hurting. My right shoulder started hurting my left shoulder. And then I had lockjaw for three months. I had to eat out of a straw. I just was having smoothies basically um, to get the nutrients that I needed. They almost did TMJ surgery. I saw a TMJ specialist. They couldn't figure out what was wrong with me, but my whole body shut down. And I spent six months in a wheelchair at the young age of 22. So I was in this, my senior year of my undergrad. I'd made it to the NFL. I was in a six-year relationship, which was a not so good relationship. So I was in a toxic relationship, um, not only with the person that I was living with, but the toxic relationship with myself. I was burned out. I was overworked. I just emotionally stressed. I was if going to school full-time, working part-time at a restaurant. Then I would go work, check in at the gym. Then I would train for four to five hours. You know, the, 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 the stress of competing every week, the stress it put on my body. Um, at 22, I didn't really take my health and fitness serious. I took my fitness seriously, but back then I just wasn't eating the proper nutrients to, so I didn't have the tools that I do now, obviously. Yeah. So spent six months in a wheelchair while they tried to figure out what was wrong with me. And turns out I had a really rare form of rheumatoid arthritis. So, and they tried to kick me out of the military. Uh, I had to end the toxic relationship with my ex. I shopped for my first apartment um, in a wheelchair and really just, I struggled because every single identity, myself as an athlete, as an NFL athlete, that was over. Um, a runner. I was a runner. I was a cheerleader. I was a dancer. I was a performer. That was over. Um, I my military career was over when it had just started a couple years prior, and I was no longer a girlfriend. And I had to move out on my own, starting from scratch. So, for me, that was probably the one of the most traumatic uh, times of my life. And in two thousand and five, there wasn't. Dr. Google. (laughs) So um, it just, I had to read a lot about arthritis, the power of anti-inflammatory diets, movement, nutrition, mindset. Um, I got help. I got therapy. I, for the first time, I really had to figure out who the heck I was and what my, what my next level self was going to be like. And so I think that that really does drive me today. And I know how it's like to not be able to walk. Um, so everything I do is just, just drives me to, uh, to be better and stronger than yesterday. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. I am, I'm curious because when you're in this kind of like what you call the beautiful, messy middle, or like, how do you show grace to yourself and, and, and pass through? Because I think that there's an idea with a lot of people that 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 time in one's life is very small but it could sometimes be years uh, so how do you how do you still you know create those moments of joy while you're 
you know, working for something, something better? Oh, gratitude is, is the, the biggest one, uh, you know, getting around community, supportive people that are going to help guide you, mentor you, coach you, um, you know, asking for help is, has been a game changer for me because as a high performer, as a doer, as an achiever, people see me as the happy, you know, cheerleader, runner girl, like most positive person on the planet with so much energy. She can't possibly have anything wrong with her. So for me, I had to, I, I set that standard for so long. And so when I finally started asking for help, that's when the game changed. And then also recognizing that I do have my health. I, I, I can do one thing and figure out what I can do with the limitations that I had and keep, and just keep going and getting the support, getting the help. And then also recognizing what is happening in our brain and in our being. And it wasn't until later, literally almost six years ago, when I started studying emotional intelligence in, in psychology, when I recognized what really was happening in my brain and my body at that time. And so back then I was, I was in despair. I was cocooning. I isolated myself. It was not pretty. Um, and I'm four eleven and three quarters. I'm a small human. I was an athlete. I was a gymnast. I was, you know, martial arts. I runner cheerleader, my legs atrophied. I grew sideways. I took endless amounts of medication and steroids and I had ulcers. I was a hot mess and in many ways, mentally and physically. And I, I didn't feel like I was worthy or I had a voice and that got real ugly. It got real lonely. And I had to, I just had to keep going. I'm like, there's gotta be another way. And I'll tell you the one thing I went to the emergency room and there was one woman there that was the ER nurse. And she worked with me on the base. The base was trying to, the military was trying to kick me out because the medication that I was on. And she was the angel that literally that voice that I still connect with her today to this day. She's like, you're an athlete. There's gotta be another way for you. Um, As they were extracting all the joint fluid out of my leg, like literally because my my leg was this big. I had cankles because the joint fluid had escaped and was in my, like it was, it was ugly. Anyways, she was like, there's gotta be another way. Let me help you. And so we worked to get off of all of that medication and it took an entire year, but I was in community and I saw hope and I had support and I had gratitude for each day um, of like what was happening. And I was moving towards a goal to get off of the medication. It took an entire year and I'll say 26 marathons, 50 mile race. I don't take ibuprofen to this day. Oh. Yeah. I mean, just hearing your story, it's, uh, it's beautiful how you were able to overcome that. And I think we can learn a lot from that. Uh, what I want to talk a little bit more is emotional intelligence. So uh, for people who don't know what it is, uh, how do you, how do you, how do you explain the emotional intelligence? I would explain it as the, your ability to recognize the emotions as they come and your ability to manage them and process them in a positive way to move forward 
to cultivate the relationship with yourself and with others to reduce the conflict and the, not only the conflict that you might have with your inner critic, but also perhaps understanding other relationships, creating more authentic, deeper relationships to have more fun and have a better zest for life. So it's kind of, uh, it's a process that the more I think we understand about our being and the way that we process information, the way we receive information and uh, the way we manage it, I think is, is a skill that everyone needs to learn about. Yeah. And how do you learn, like, how do you learn that skill? Uh, so I actually, I got certified uh, to train this in the military. So it's actually my job in the military to train as a coach, as a diversity and inclusion consultant and uh, emotional intelligence leadership coach. I, they put me through a lot of training. And so it wasn't until I started learning about it where I really had to take a deep dive on my whole life. And, and it gave, it opened up so much potential and perspective. And that truly was a game changer. So how do you learn about it? Just by researching and, you know, there's classes out there. Um, I'm an emotional intelligence coach. So I train groups of people through the four main competencies of emotional intelligence, which is self-awareness, self-management, social awareness, and relationship management. So recognizing that you need to lead yourself first through these emotions, recognizing how you show up in the world, spending some time with yourself and capturing like what's happening in my body and my being, and how can I implement uh, some of these tools, such as having a filter, stopping and thinking, fueling your body properly, stopping to smell the roses, pausing and considering how we want to impact the world. Think about what you're saying before you say it. And because I was a marathon runner, I and I say spend some time alone because I I had to do this reflection of like, how am I so good at this? Because a lot of what I've done in my discipline, in martial arts, in running, in dancing, and you know, marathon running, I've spent a lot of time alone in my thoughts, in my discipline. And so I've been able to do a lot of problem solving. And, and I always call myself a mad scientist with my body and my brain because I'm constantly reflecting and reacting and, and, and just, it's a beautiful dance of this, um, just an evolution. It's a constant continuum of growth and opportunity. So it's, it's getting curious with our brain and our body and what's happening and getting excited about learning. Um, I used to run to escape in the beginning. I used to travel to escape and, and get away from life. I, you know, I would have some poor coping mechanisms and, you know, in the past and now I, now I run, I travel with such a beauty and joy to be able to explore other parts of my being and my brain and my heart and what's possible. So I encourage everyone to tap into their emotional intelligence and learn about it. Yeah, uh, it's it's so interesting. This, you know, that's why I love having these conversations because it 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 gets you to start thinking about other things. And when when you said ask for help, I think that's a it's a hard part, especially for you know we've seen that with a lot of high performers or people with an ego. Even I don't know how we it 
recently come up in the mixed martial arts world that a lot of men, you know, also, I don't know how it, 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 it might be the same for women, but I've, I've heard that a lot of men have a really hard time of, you know, sharing, uh, you know, it, try to keep a mask on all the time, try to be perfect. And I'm sure that's the same for, for women. Uh, but looking at creating a good life, creating a successful life, let's first talk about like, what's your definition of success? What does that look like for you? I think it's the ability to pivot when necessary um, and roll up your sleeves and just ask yourself, you know, what can I do with what I've got? Make a move and look back and be proud of the journey that you're on. I think no matter where you're at in the stage of life, in your fitness journey, in your business journey, in your family, in your relationships, I think success can mean many things. But I think if I were, if tomorrow or today would be my last day, I can look back at everything that I've achieved and said, you know what? I made the right decision with the tools that I had at the point that I had them. And I did the best I could with what I had. And that to me is success. So I feel really good about where I'm at today. And I feel really excited about what's next. Awesome. And uh, Crystal Laura, what in your experience working with a lot of people, what are two or the or, or the three things that are holding uh, people back from living their best life? The biggest one are what I like to call the OPOs, the other people's opinions. Mm. Yes. So other people's opinions play a huge role in our life. Um, and that's where that inner critic is, right? So a lot of times what we should be doing, um, what we aren't doing, you know, as a young kid, you might've been told, eat everything on your plate. You have all these rules, you know, be, be careful. Don't go after that. Like you need to save your money. You need to go to college. You have to keep it safe. Like there's certain milestones. And for me, I was told that I have to go to college. I have to study business. I can't, I can't dorm. I had to live this certain lifestyle. And then I'm supposed to get married and don't have kids before you're married. Make sure you're married first. And then you can, and then when you're going to have kids and that expectation is always there. So other people's opinions of what your success looks like, I think a lot of times gets in people's way of literally going after their own dreams and goals. And I'll even share parts of my, in my military career, there were um, leaders that were like, I see you here. I see you doing this. And this is what you're going to be when you, you know, when you retire. And I'm like, that's not even a possibility. They didn't even ask me, you know, they have no idea what, what my personal life is, what my personal goals are. And they just, they see that end game for people for, they did it for me. And so if I listened to that, I wouldn't be where I'm at. Um, so now it's, it's like, the other people's opinions, they're here, but I have to silence them in a way because my gut, my dreams, my heart, that's what matters. And you can't argue with that. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's so, it, it 
it's so interesting sometimes that uh, this happens all the time that other people are telling you what to do, even if it comes from a good place. I think uh, that's why I like the you know the martial arts is that they the the old school sensei they're like yeah start by training learn how to close your hand and then they walk away okay I'll see you in two months what am I gonna do that for two months because. I think there is the exploration of learning something and not always get, you know, too much feedback. We're we're in an over feedback loop almost in this universe, uh, which which in a way I'm struggling because I, I work in real estate and, you know, constantly getting people like contacting me, asking stuff, trying to sell me things, doing that. And it's, it's overload. Uh, but how do you get back to that? Okay, this is what I'm doing and I'm strong in that, but I'm still open to other ways. And I guess that's that's the beautiful dance that we're we're all working towards, right? Yes. Yes, and it's it's creating that filtering system. And that's why I think it's so important for us to know who we are to the core and know our core values, know what we're, know what you're going towards. And what you're working towards, because if you don't have that set of standards and you're not confident in what you're put on this earth to do, then other people's opinions are going to start to creep in. And then you're going to be like, oh, that sounds good. Or that sounds good. Or this person told me I should do this. So why don't I do that? And I see this a lot with entrepreneurs. I used to be like that too. You know, it's like, oh, shiny objects. Oh, let's do another class. No, you're not good enough yet. Do another course. You're not going to get there yet unless you do take my course, you know, and it's, it's like, it kind of suppresses our, what, what we really can do and what we're capable of achieving. And so one of my, I'll just share as a CEO uh, of, of my business, a CEO of my life yeah. in, in the military, we love acronyms. So my role, my, my main goal for the year, my word is CEO. So I have consistent actions towards my goals. I have consistent execution and then no longer educate. So it's like, okay, we've educated enough. Let's move. Let's execute and go and then be open for opportunities. So CEO stands for consistent execution and open for opportunities. And that really helps me guide me and gives me a filtering system to say, all right, is, is it inconsistent? with is, is this opportunity consistent with my goals? Can I execute? Can I move? Let's go. Right. And so, yes, we take some opinions and some feedback, but if we're really set on where we're going and we're consistent in our actions, we're going to know real quick, what doesn't feel good and what, good, what feels good. Right. And so that we're completely in alignment and this is the reflection. This is part of the emotional intelligence is being able to filter out some of the noise and say, no, I'm pedal to the metal. I'm in the driver's seat. This is where we're going. Put your seatbelt on. It's a wild ride. <laughs> and that's <laughs> what I tell my team. I love it. Yeah. It's, I mean, Crystal Laura, I, this is, this is why I do this because it's it's just so much fun to tap into somebody that dedicated their life to doing something extraordinary and just learning and sharing that with the world. So before I ask the final question, I just want to say thank you so much for that. Truly appreciate it. 
And, and if you're still here with us listening, you know, we're almost an hour in, which I think in today's day and age is, you know, quite remarkable. People are asking me like, why don't you do shorter shows? I said, because I don't want to, this is about going deep. And I just had, had a great guest. They wanted to give me a 30 minute window to do a podcast. I can't do it. It doesn't matter what your name is because we need a little bit of time to go deeper and I think this at least an hour is important to get to know each other and for the audience to, you know, start, you know, going deeper. So um, stick to your values. And uh, final question, people that are here with us and want to move forward with their goals and dreams, you know, I'm about taking action. This was a fun conversation, but if you're listening to this and just go about your day, like nothing happened, uh, it was fun spending time with you, but there's not really any change, uh, which would which would make me sad because there's opportunity for growth here. So what would be the one thing that our listeners can do right now after this show to get to get the show started? I think the biggest thing that they can do right now is set a list of three or four non-negotiables that you can feel really good about, that you can dedicate every single day to. And hopefully that includes a sleep routine, a nutrition routine, a movement routine, and a hydration routine. If you have that, everything else can change. Everything else, start with movement, have your non-negotiables, and ask for help. Because if, if you can't get those things in, then there's gotta be something that we have to delegate you know, dump, um, release the the pressure, release the timeline on because you deserve the time to put yourself and your health and your fitness first for at least 34 minutes a day. So you can reduce the stress and your overwhelm of life and live a more fulfilling life. Boom. That's it. Uh, people want to work with you, connect with you. Where's the best place? Yeah, my website is my first and last name, crystalauracruz.com. I am on all the socials, so follow me. Um, I'm most active on Facebook and LinkedIn. Uh, so, you know, follow me over there. Just send me a message. I'm not that scary. I love to connect with people. And yes, especially as martial artists and as athletes, a lot of times people think that, you know, they can't work out with me, they can't keep up with me, but I'm here to meet you where you're at wherever you're at in the world, wherever you're at in your fitness journey. I started by crawling and then I walked when I could barely crawl. And then I ran and I took one step at a time, one day at a time. And I asked for help and I got coached and I got mentored and that's how I am where I am. And so I love to help people do the same. So just send me a message and I'd love to help you. Awesome. Thank you so much. And thank you to everyone who listened to this show. Again, I want to help a lot of people. This show is completely free. The only two things I'm asking for is take action and use some of the things that you have learned and then share this with somebody that needs to hear this message. I want more people to be able to hear it. That's it. I love you guys. Thanks for joining the I Love Success podcast. And I'll see you next week.